Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, September the 27th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, rambunctious, which means marked by uncontrollable exuberance. Rambunctious. I hope everyone's enjoying their Tuesday. Uh, getting out of the work week was yesterday, but hey, we all are on the second day. And like many of you, I know <laughs> I'm tired of it already. I just am. I just am. Uh, probably not a good thing to say. Uh, certainly blessed, but man, it can be wor- worrisome and tiresome sometimes. Just can't. Just can't. Uh, weather here in North Carolina, the cool down continues. We are getting temps up in the 70s and 80s, and at night, down to the 60s, 50s, and might possibly, quite possibly, even in the 40s in some spots. Could be the quiet before the storm. Hurricane Hurricane Ian, uh, it has made landfall in Cuba, and it is expected later on this week to uh, come onto the U.S. shores around Tampa, Florida, on that western side of Florida. Uh, they're already telling people to evacuate uh, by Wednesday or Thursday. It's going to be on land, man. And uh, North Carolina, we're going to be feeling some of the effects of it. Also, uh, the way it's tracking, there's several tracks, but uh, it could either come come through uh, along those mountains or might possibly push itself over towards the east and the coast. And where we at here in the Piedmont might get a little bit. Also, we are going to get rain. That is expected. So uh, they've already started making preparations here in North Carolina, and they're especially making preparations in Florida because they're telling people to get out and get out now before it comes. And if you decide to stay, hunker in place and just uh, hope you got your hurricane uh, provisionals, water, canned goods, because they're saying they're going to be without power. So you won't have any, uh, any way of cooking food, the basics. Man, uh, certainly has been an active hurricane season so far. Uh, Fiona, you know, the storm from last week, it went on up like they predicted through Canada, did some damage, and it's gone out to sea. Now we have Hurricane Ian. Man, uh, like I said, it made landfall in Cuba, and it also brushed over Jamaica before it got there. Man, man, those Caribbean islands, uh, they're catching it this year with these hurricanes. Uh like most years, but there's certainly it's been an active season thus far. And like I said, we're going to get some rain here. They're expecting us to get some uh, heavy rain, tor- torrential downfalls is what they call it. Man, wow, just great, just great. Uh, but by the time it gets here, uh, it, of course, will be weakened. Uh, the rain is pretty much all we're going to get. They're saying that's going to quite possibly come in uh, Friday into the weekend. And we should still be seeing some uh, remnants going into Monday, into next week. But the temperature's going to stay cool. That's a plus. The fall is here, looks like. Hmm. Maybe we saw our last 90-degree days last week before the cool down started. I got to say, I hope. (laughs) Uh, Like I tell you, I love the summer, but that heat, man, it could get, it could drain you. Just can't, just can't. All right, let's move along here, man, to some uh, football. Didn't get a chance to talk to you guys yesterday. And we all know Sunday was, uh, of course, uh, the NFL 
football season is here. Week three, to be exact. Man, uh, an upset, a total upset, in my opinion. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were defeated by the Miami Dolphins, 21-19. Uh, the Bills, man, uh, they just had a meltdown. They just did. Uh, they had led, then they lost the lead. And quite possibly when they could have took the lead or tied the game and sent it into overtime, looks like Josh Allen had a brain flop. He let the clock expire. And his uh, – <laughs> see the video of uh, the offensive coordinator. He lost it <laughs> sitting up in that boot. He uh, tore that little Microsoft tablet, touchscreen tablet to pieces along with a notepad. <laughs> Ah, yeah, he lost it. He lost it. Um, man, like I said, it looks like Josh Allen just had a, a, a brain fart, if you will. Wasn't aware of the time that was left on the clock. Could have got up to the line, spiked it, called a timeout or whatever, put the field goal kicker in position, but he just didn't. He just didn't. Man, still was a good game. Uh, that was an upset, upset to me because I had predicted the Bills to do it, but Tua and those guys, they held it together. They just did. They just did. And the Bengals defeated the New York Jets 27-12. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders were defeated by the Tennessee Titans 24-22. And the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, finally got them a win against divisional rival the New Orleans Saints 22-14. That was somewhat surprising. Uh, I just thought the Saints would uh, give them another loss, but no. Looks like the Carolina Panthers finally have their first win of the season. All right. And uh, the Baltimore Ravens continue to roll on. They defeated the uh, New England Patriots 37-26. to 26. Man, Patriots have fallen off completely. Wow. Mm. Well, okay. Couldn't happen to a better team. <laughs> uh, and looks like the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Washington Commanders 24-8. to Jalen Hurt continues. He rolls on. He just does. And another upset of sorts, the Kansas City Chiefs were defeated by the Indianapolis Colts, 20-17. to 17. Boy, um, the Kansas City falling apart again, Chiefs. <laughs> they did it last year, and they're doing it this year again. <laughs> oh, man, what's going on with Mahomes? Can't get it together, can he? Can't get it together. And the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars... Defeated the San Diego Chargers 38-10. to That was a bit of a surprise. The Los Angeles Rams uh, won. They defeated the Phoenix Cardinals or the Arizona Cardinals, I should say. I'm sorry. 20-12. to And <laughs> uh, the Chicago Bears defeated the uh, Houston Texans 23-20. to uh, It was a pretty good game, fairly decent game. Uh, Hubert stepped up. Uh, well, as we all know, Montgomery is out with a, a foot or ankle injury. And Hubert did a pretty good job. I got to say, I got to say, Bears won. Bears won. All right. <laughs> and also another upset. Now, this may have been the upsets of upsets because I, like many of you, I had my money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to defeat the Green Bay Packers. Of course, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm not a, a Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks fan with uh, Tom Tommy football Tommy, but uh, man, Aaron Rodgers, I got to admit, <laughs> much as it pains me, I got to admit, that guy just finds ways to win because they held on and they they fought off Tampa Bay and they came out of there with a win. Hmm. All right. 
that's the end of that. And then uh, Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys defeated the New York Giants 23-16. to Now, as you all know, those Dallas Cowboy fans are up and raising sand. This is our year. We're back. <laughs> We're going to the Super Bowl. We are them dim boys. <laughs> First of all, you guys aren't going to the Super Bowl. Once again, just want to put that out there. And all this hoopla and hoorah and all this, you, you, you defeated the New York Giants. So now you guys are it. Uh, if, if you haven't noticed or known, the New York Giants aren't exactly in a position to be uh, contenders for anything. <laughs> they just aren't. Even though they have Saquon Barkley back and he's running, doing well, man, that offensive line is horrible for the Giants. And it shows that quarterback, we're just in week three, man, that guy's been sacked, banged up, thrown around so much already, a continuation of last year. But the Dallas Cowboy faithfuls are saying this is their year. They're going to the Super Bowl. They're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, you beat up on a squad that was beaten and banged up. Now, and side note, which is quite interesting, and I didn't know or I hadn't been paying attention. If you, you know, I told you that that offensive line for the Giants is horrible. And if you're like me, you probably would say, well, man, why don't they recruit or, or, or draft some uh, offensive linemen? And they have. That the past few drafts over the past two or three years, they've drafted offensive linemen, but they just haven't panned out. None of them have resigned, or they just, you know, they just didn't resign them because they they weren't doing that well. And it shows. <laughs> it shows every game. <laughs> no matter who they're playing, uh, the the defense is, is always getting sacks on that quarterback or hurry ups or, or rushes. So uh, Cowboys are a good game. I just think you guys, uh, you really didn't come alive until uh, the end or middle of the third going into the fourth. You, you dance with them too long. You guys can't do that against other teams. But this is just what uh, the Cowboys do every year. Uh, NFC East, you know, it's not a great conference. But uh, you guys, you do control it every year. And you, you, you win in the East. But when you go outside of that uh, conference, and divisional uh, foes or whatever or what have you are outside. You guys don't look that good. So that's the reason why I always say the infamous, famous cowboy flop with skid and flop will soon rear its head again. You guys ain't going to no Super Bowl. <laughs> Just not, man. We dumb boys. Ah, go sit down. <laughs> go sit down. Uh, good game, though. Good game. I got to admit, it was a good game. You guys showed a lot of fight last night. <laughs> All right. Let's go get it. Man, um, I apologize for that. Forgot to turn the sound down on my cell phone. You know, like I said, that's one of my pet peeves. I'm not a fan of that in the least. But an um, uh, interesting report has came out here in North Carolina and it's saying that the uh, suicide rates for uh, children here in North Carolina has risen and it's prompted the state's child fatality, fatality, I'm sorry, can't get it out. The child fatality task force to ask lawmakers to provide more funding and resources for mental health and suicide prevention in school. You know, I bought you the story, um, 
last, well, uh, this month, maybe last month, about the kid here in North Carolina, the middle school student here in North Carolina that committed suicide because of bullying in school. Committed suicide in school. So uh, what they found is uh, the schools throughout the state of North Carolina are in need of more resources and fundings. Uh, The resources would be your psychologists, your counselors, your school nurses, the social workers. Uh, They're just they're they're finding they're in desperate need. Now, there's a 40 million dollar one time fund that came from the COVID relief uh, fund, like many uh, uh, many of the resources that were needed for schools or businesses or, or government agencies or whatever. So that they gave them that we have that 40 million one-time fund from the COVID-19, but that is already almost exacerbated. It's almost done away with already. Uh, it just is not just this school year because they got the funding back in January. And, and, and as we all know, there was still, there was a, there was a lot of talk back then about what was going on and how the, much funding was needed uh, just for the COVID relief. So in 2021, just to put this all in perspective for you, they're saying uh, suicides at that time stood at 57. And that's one less than it was in 2020. 2020, it was at 56. In 2019, it was at 36 child suicide. So it's risen. It just has. Now, what they're saying also is that most of these suicides are from firearms for uh, children under the age of 17. And that also includes murders, suicides, accidental shootings, et cetera, et cetera. Now, also uh, what has been discovered is they're saying emergency room visits are up for self-inflicted injuries by 46%. And that's among girls ages 10 to 14 in 2021. So suicides are up. ER visits are up for self-inflicted injuries. So much so that they're saying it's up by 46%. And that's among girls between the ages of 10 and 14. What in the world is going on with our kids? Is it, it, it maybe it is a combination. Maybe it's parenting, society, you can run the list of, of the reasoning, but I got to ask and I got to say what in the entire world is really going on with our children? Once again, so much so to the point that when they are, are bullied or whatever or what have you, they don't, it, it seems like they just can't see any way out other than suicide or attempted suicide. These numbers, they're on the rise and and we're finding that it's a lot of it is due to bullying. Um, Maybe, maybe I I, I don't know that much about bullying. Maybe bullying has changed from when I was coming along. You know, just like I told you, I was bullied. I just was. But I never thought of anything like this. So the funding and and the resources that are needed yeah, um, we can no longer turn a blind eye and say, well, that is not my problem. It's, it's, it's the parents' problem. It's the school system's problem. Uh, like I always say, we're asking too much of these teachers and administrators now. It's going to take a community effort. Uh, we have to get control of this. Kids as, as young as uh, 
like that number I gave you for those girls between the ages of 10 to 14 uh, with the self-inflicted injuries as it relates to the ER visits being up by 46%. That's absurd. What in the world is really going on? Um, I don't have an answer. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this is one of the few times I don't have a clue. I don't know where to start. But maybe it will start with some of these funding and putting some more resources in these schools to help these kids. More school nurses, more school psychologists, more counselors. It, it is just needed. The numbers are telling the tale. And we're hearing these stories of these kids way too often committing suicide or attempted suicide. And you know, that story last month with that uh, young man here in North Carolina that committed suicide, committed suicide inside the school. That was, that, 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 that totally threw me. Just did. Uh, we've got to get a handle on this. Uh, talk to your kids. Force them to talk to you. Hold them down. I don't do that. <laughs> but find out what's going on with your kids, what they're thinking, how they're feeling. Um, you know, when we were coming along, uh, I, I won't say bullying. Now they call it bullying. But it, it was a, a, a known fact or a known culture that when you went to school, you got picked on or you got teased or you may even gotten bullied because I was bullied. It, it, for me, bullying back then was a uh, 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 fighting. You know, the, the the picking or the teasing. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, that made me not want to go to school. And I certainly understand where these kids are coming from. I'm not that I am far removed, but I can remember. And it is some things that have stayed with me, but I've learned to adapt and move forward. Yeah, there were a lot of days I didn't even want to go to school. <laughs> so I understand completely where they're coming from. I'm not that old. I haven't forgotten. But, you know, the, like I said, the bullying for me was was the fight. I thought that was bullying, but apparently it has now been, uh, it now has a bigger umbrella and it's encompassing every aspect of interaction with kids that you can't get along with. And it's sad to think, it's sad, startling, and scary to think that these kids only see their way out is suicide. How odd does that sound to say that a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old would commit suicide because they're being bullied? How odd is that? That's not normal. There's no normalization in that. We we most definitely need to get a handle on this and get a handle quick. Like I said, talk to your kids, find out what's going on with them. Um, as far as the school administrators and teachers go and them dealing with this bullying, uh, wow, uh, my hat goes off to you. I can't even begin to imagine what you have to encounter on a day-to-day dealing when dealing with the kids. And the parents, <laughs> and the parents too, because uh, dare I say, I, I rest assured when I say this, when those school officials and, and those uh, teachers get those parents in front of them, I bet you they say to themselves, okay, I can see where this bullying comes from. It's going to take a community effort to, to get rid of this and, and, and not just get a handle on it, but, but put a stop to it. Uh, I don't think you can honestly put a stop to bullying, but you certainly could put a, a, a stop, I believe, to your response or your child's response to it. Teach them that it's going to be good days and it's going to be bad days. You're going to have days where you get along with folks and you're going to have days when you don't get along with folks. It, you just are that that's life. It just is. Just is. Man, I, I, those numbers and, and hearing these stories, 
and and now the plea for state lawmakers to provide more funding it puts a whole lot in perspective as it relates to these suicides for these kids totally blown off i just I, I i've heard of the teen suicide and that's been you know the 16 17 or 18 but now it looks like we're in middle school and elementary school with these suicides and that's a huge problem that young that's way too young way too young just is you're supposed to be living life frolicking through just are just are all right let's go along here let's move on here let's move on here got a bit of uh, i gotta say um this next one is is somewhat mind-boggling to me. I, I just don't understand. I can't comprehend. Looks like the Southern Baptist Convention has cut ties with two churches. Now, one church here in North Carolina and Greensboro, to be more specific, is of the LGBTQ-friendly community. And they cut ties with another church in New Jersey, now, the reason why they're saying they're cutting ties with these two churches after a convention that was held last Tuesday in Nashville, Tennessee, the uh, church here in North Carolina that is of uh, the LGBTQ friendly community says it uh, cut ties or it, it announced that it was uh, pretty much kicking them out of the convention because of just that. <laughs> Because of just that, what they term friendly cooperation is due to it, the church's open affirmation, approval and endorsement of homosexual behavior, which conflicts with the denomination's theological conservative positions. <laughs> well, <laughs> the church itself um Voted back in 1999 to lead the, 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 the denomination and the convention altogether. So why, uh, however many years later, the Southern Baptist Convention has decided to uh, put it to a vote and, and kick them out? I'm sure I'll, I'll never know outside of what they call friendly cooperation and their lack thereof and their uh, affirmation, approval, and endorsement of homosexual behavior. What what took you guys so long? That's hot. Just not. Now, the church in New Jersey that they've also kicked out says uh, it was under the same umbrella, that friendly cooperation. But it was considered uh, what it termed lack of co cooperation and concerns regarding discriminatory behavior. And they just left it at that. So what was discriminatory behavior? What were they doing? Uh, like I said, they left it at that. They did, really didn't explain why that church in New Jersey was being kicked out of the convention. Just odd. I, I got to say, I wonder what that uh, discriminatory behavior was. I just did. But the church in, in, in uh, North, here in North Carolina, uh, you know, on their website, they say, yeah, we are uh, part of the LGBTQIA affirming Baptist church. And it says it fully welcomes anyone, regardless of uh, race, ethnicity, national origin, class, sexual orientation, or other human category. Hmm. So they they they've made no bones about it or no quarrels about where they stand. But here's the kicker for me with the Southern Baptist Convention. And this is why I say the old term, if this ain't the pot calling the kettle black, <laughs> I don't know what is. Now, earlier this year, and sometime last year, 
We all know the Southern Baptist Convention got into a little bit of trouble and it was brought to the forefront due to an independent uh, group coming in and, and, and looking into some allegations from members of the certain, uh, all a lot of the churches under that Southern Baptist Convention umbrella that spoke on uh, sexual misconduct from some of the top high-ranking members inside of the church and the hush-hush that was given by the convention wasn't just hush-hush. They completely just ignored and showed no regard or no respect or no remorse for those victims when they came out and said they were sexually assaulted by a lot of high-ranking members of the church inside that were a part of that Southern Convention. So how can you now at this present time in this day and age say you're going to take a stance against the church because they're of the lgbtq community <laughs> if that ain't the pot calling the kettle calling the pot calling the kettle calling the pot calling the kettle black where do you uh I, how do you get up on your soapbox now and say you want to be the standard barrier of religion and morality when you knew full well what was going on with those high-ranking members of those churches that belong to your convention or organization and how they were mistreating kids, young adults, and how you guys ignored it, how you paid no regard, how you discredited so many people, kids, young adults, and left their lives in ruins because they were sexually assaulted and no one wanted to hear. When they went to those inside of the church or the organization that was supposed to be there to help them, you guys ignore them, discredit them. Some instances, you even just kicked them out, left them out to fend for themselves. So now you're the morality and standard barrier as it relates to the LGBTQ community. Uh, as for me and this, you guys can go have a seat. Southern Baptist Convention. You can go have a seat. You don't have a leg to stand on. You need to get off that soapbox. Nobody wants to hear your mouth. You guys are sickening. At least, they, hey, I'm not an advocate for the LGBTQ community, community, but at least they own up to their, what they do. You guys just, uh, it's a continuation, just like the Catholic Church. You guys choose to hide until someone says enough is enough and they bring it to the forefront. They take it to the media or they find an independent group to come in and do an investigation on you. Then you're left backpedaling, trying to regroup. And and, and what, do you, what is this right here with, with these two churches or this church here in North Carolina more specifically? Because like I said, they never said or, or disclosed what it was with the church in North Carolina. Now all of a sudden you, you, you're going to throw a bone out there and hope you can regain some support and can, and, and, and contributions from those that, that, that are looking for you guys to say or do something or finally take a stance against the LGBTQ community. So you kicked the church out that already left in, since 1999? Why, what in the world? What foolishness? Yeah, you guys are grasping for straws. Uh, straws. Go sit down and shut up. Nobody wants to hear your mouth. You can't tell me one solitary thing about morality and religious conservatism with the foolishness you guys had going on for decades, not centuries, just like the Catholic Church. All of you go sit down. Nobody wants to hear your mouth. Just don't. Just don't. Uh, like I said, I, I still don't know what was up with that church in New Jersey. <laughs> what was the discriminatory, uh, discriminatory practice with them? <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> I wonder.
<laughs> yeah, I think the Southern Baptist Convention was just, they're out here just fishing, hoping to put their name and put some, maybe uh, reg regain some credibility with their name. Ah, that's shot, homie. <laughs> that's done. And, and looking at and reading this article and seeing what you guys have done and said to that church that once again, that left back in 1999, yeah, it screams, are you just grasping for straws and trying to regain some credibility? But I think your credibility in this day and age with what we're dealing with, with how uh, sexual misconduct and sexual abuse and child molestation is viewed is done. It's a wrap for you. You guys got a lot of work to do if you do try to regain some credibility. But I don't think anyone's going to listen. I just don't. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I guess you yeah, go around and continue to kick out some more churches. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to get on out of here. I got to go into work. I got to go into work. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, wherever you are streaming, hit that like and subscribe button so you can get notified when I drop these podcasts. Keep you in the loop. Thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.